so I mentioned Peter and Barbie. Um, Peter and Barbie are Everett, are uh, missionaries that we support in the Dominican Republic. Um, they're working in the area of human trafficking, um, coordinating with law enforcement um, and aftercare uh, providers to help to um, to help to see victims of human trafficking removed from those environments and placed into places where they can look forward to a free future. And um, I know we've shared along the way some updates that Peter had an accident with a motorcyclist uh, recently and uh, the motorcyclist was pretty severely injured. Um, with all of that, there's a lot of legal things that can come into play being in a foreign country and, and all of that. And so the, the best course of action has been for Peter and Barbie to try to work toward um, a settlement rather than going through the courts. Um, and they just found out from their lawyer this week that the family of the injured guy had agreed to a settlement. So they're very, they're thanking God for that. That's been a big concern for them along the way. Um, but it's going to be $15,000, uh, including legal fees, that they need to raise as soon as possible to get the case closed so they can move on with ministry and what they're doing. Um, so they've asked if we'd be willing to help them with that to get toward wrapping things up so they can get on with the kingdom work. So, we're going to move into the message, but as we do, our ushers are going to come forward again. We'll pass the plate, and uh, if, uh, if God is moving you to support that, please uh, contribute to help Peter and Barbie. So, come on forward. Let's just play, pray really quickly for Peter and Barbie. Um, God, thank you. Uh, thank you for what you have done to create Peter and Barbie, um, for the heart that they have, um, knowing them what for... 12 years or so, they've, they n- never stop looking for how they can serve and giving everything that they have for what they believe you have called them to do. And we know that this is the same that they're doing right now in the Dominican Republic and um, at the same time experiencing what it is to continue pushing against a world that has um, ruling powers that cause suffering and, and evil and um, as a result... Um, they need these resources in order to continue doing your work. And we know that you are faithful to provide it. You've called them to this good work, and you will continue it. You will see it through. So God, use, use the gifts that we have um, and uh, support the Everett's so they can continue on. In your son's name, amen. All right. As we go on from that, um, Pete, Tom is in Russia. I don't have a particular update. Um, I don't know if anyone else... He's doing great. He was texting me this morning. He's fine. So <laughs> let's keep praying for, for the team in Russia as they're supporting <laughs> the church there as we want to see the kingdom of God grow. Um, so in the, you know, I'm sharing this week. We're part of it. We have a teaching team here that helps to fill in um, along the way, but when gaps when, when Tom is away. And we want to encourage each other on, on the leadership or on the, on the teaching team. We provide feedback along the way and just, you know, so we can, we want to, we want to do the best we can to serve the church. And I was chatting with LJ on Thursday, uh, just looking to get some feedback for what I was going to share. And I said, you know, I'd really like to talk about Toy Story. And, and he said, um, you know, okay, okay, Toy Story 4 just came out. That's relevant. That's current. And I was like, yeah, relevant and current. Um, I didn't know there were four of them. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to talk about Toy Story, the original one. So 
In the spirit of being relevant and current, we're going to go back to 1995. In November, I was 14 years old, and um, I remember the, uh, there was this uh, studio, Pixar, who released this short film called Tin Toy. And it was the first time I'd ever seen computer-generated stuff at this level. And it blew my mind. I couldn't figure out how they were taking these flat cartoons and making this entire 3D world, making them come to life like another dimension. And so here it was, this full-length feature film coming out. And I remember sitting in the theater, and this was the first time I saw a movie, and I thought, this is art. Just beautiful. The, the cast is great. The music is great. Randy Newman fans here. You got a friend in me. Yeah, great stuff. Um, there's uh, life lessons throughout this entire movie. You know, stick with your friends. There's hope for you even if you have a past. Really practical things you can apply to your life. Be aware. Someone's poisoned the water hole. There's uh, treat your toys well or you might have an uprising on your hands. A lot of important things, but I think there are two lessons that we can learn from Pixar, learn from Toy Story about holiness. And they are, holiness is about your being, not your doing. Let's say that again. Holiness is about your being, who you are, not your doing. And God uses us to call out the holiness of others. So let's put, push pause on Toy Story for a minute, see what I did? It's a, yeah. um, We're going to talk about what holiness is. So holiness, uh, a definition here, it's to be perfect or blameless. It's an entire whole. It refers to our morality or morality in general. It's sacred or set apart, used in reference to royalty or the divine uh, God or a king. In the Old Testament, the word used for holiness had with it carried the weight of actually being like chopped and separated. And in the New Testament, the root word is the same word that we get, the word saint or sanctify. But for me, holiness, first of all, I can only think about the old song, holiness. It's what I long for. I don't know if you remember that one. That always comes to my mind. But I can only think also about verses like this one. This is Leviticus 11, verse 45, that says, For I, the Lord and the one who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, that I might be your God, and therefore you must be holy, because I am holy. And for me, what I heard about holiness was we have a holy God who demands that I am holy, that I am perfect, that I am blameless. So I had to try, I had to work at it, I had to strive to be holy, all the while knowing I'm never going to be there, I'm never going to be perfect, but God demands it, so i got to try harder, got to keep striving, got to be holy, got to be holy, never going to do it, but God demands it. So it was this hard kind of, uh, how do I put this world together to understand what God demands of me? Um, very clearly demands for me and what I know that I can never do. And I think that's a false understanding of holiness. And that's what I want to talk about. So the first thing we can learn about holiness from Toy Story is uh, holiness is about your being, not your doing. So we're going to pick back up on the Toy Story story. We're going to focus on Buzz Lightyear. So you know the story of Buzz Lightyear. I hope you do. If not, you're about to hear it. Space Ranger. He's part of the Galactic Alliance. He's on a secret mission to uncharted space. And um, he's sent by a star command to go and save the galaxy from the evil Emperor Zerg. 
And uh, he's armed with a really cool laser, a flashy laser. And he's got wings to help him to fly. He's going around recruiting these junior rangers that are going to help him in his mission. And along the way, the action figure ends up in the hands of a young boy named Andy. And throughout the course of the story, he and his friend Buzz, or uh, his cowboy friend uh, Woody, end up in the neighbor's house, Sid, bad kid, um, trying to escape. And at that point, Buzz happens to see this commercial. So what happens next, set to another great Randy Newman song, as all profound moments of life should be, is a total collapse of Buzz Lightyear's world. Everything he believed about himself, he finds out, is a lie. And uh, life is hard for Buzz. He goes into a deep depression. He goes on this tea bender with this headless toy and some other friends. And he ends up strapped to a rocket. He's going to be exploded. And he doesn't care what's going on. See, this is, this is dark stuff. This is why we need Randy Newman. It keeps things at a PG level. So, hard. And, and to be real, like we all, I believe there are people in this room that have experienced times in your life when the carpet's pulled out from, up, from, out from underneath you. You don't know what's up and what's down. and it, It's a painful, painful time. And it's in that time that Woody comes back to try to snap Buzz out of his funk And he tries to help him to understand that it's not such a bad thing to be a toy. In fact, you're a great toy. He's shaking him, saying, you are a cool toy. And for us, for you and for me, for each of us, we are a remarkable creation. We're God's handiwork. We are valuable, so valuable, so loved by God that God himself gave himself Jesus, for you, to claim you, to redeem you. And it wasn't because you were doing such a good job. You weren't. It wasn't because you said some prayer, but because it's something much deeper than that. You were already holy. You were made holy. You're being made holy. You're set aside by God already. And so now God is just putting you right back to where you belong. That's the difference in understanding what holiness means, is holiness isn't about you, it's about who you are, it's about how you were made, and it doesn't matter if you think you're a space ranger or you're striving to make your world happen, that's not going to make any difference to the reality that you are a very cool toy. Of course, not a toy, it's a metaphor. Um, You aren't a toy, but you are beautifully and valuably made. You are set aside by the one to whom you belong. And it wasn't until the point when Buzz starts to understand who he is that he can start to live 
and understand just how profound it is that he has the name of the one who owns him etched on the bottom of his, of his foot. God's holy fingerprint is on you. His name is already etched on you. That's what it is to be holy, to recognize and step into that reality that you are meant for, that God is doing. Uh, so in, in our lives, what we've done is God has written his, his name on you, and we've worked hard along with all of the evil in this world to go at that name written on the bottom of our foot and scrub it and scrub it until it's nearly unrecognizable. But Jesus is at work to bring that back to reality for us. So we're going to look through um, a passage again, look back toward that be holy and I, for I am holy idea, looking at a New Testament chapter that looks back at that Old Testament passage to just see if I'm right in thinking about this. So we're going to look at 1 Peter 1. I'm just going to skip through this chapter a little bit. Um, I think we'll get enough to get the picture, but I definitely recommend that you spend some time reading through this, this entire chapter. So here, uh, verse 2. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we'll skip on to verse 15 and 16. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the spirit, or for scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. And then go on to verse 22. You were cleansed from your sin when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters love each other deeply with all your heart. And for me, even reading these passages, it's easy for me to fall back into that old idea of striving for holiness because that verse is still in there. Be holy, for I am holy. But I think what you caught is that there's a pattern going on here. As God says, I made you holy long ago. I chose you. I set you apart. In Christ, you're now made holy. So be that way. Holiness isn't about your being. It's about your doing. Even though we can get caught up in those words like you must, I I think we can actually look at those verses again and see not only are they within the context of I made you that way, God makes you holy, so now be that way. But if if we start to maybe translate those words a little differently, which we can do looking at the verb, um, you must be holy. It can actually be translated, you will be. So if I start to think differently about these passages and recognize that it's not me that is doing the holy making, it's God who made me holy, and it's Jesus who redeems me and makes me holy now, and I, I recognize that you must be is something I can't be, but instead think you will be, and start to think I am made by God in God's image, and in that I am holy. So I think about God is uh, wherever God is, and he takes the stuff that's going to make you, and he starts to form you around, and God being holy, he's dripping with holy, and so this masterpiece that he loves and that he created now has holy all over it, and he sets it down, and and now um, through Jesus we're made holy again after we walked away, and so now we're just going to be that thing, you will be that thing. Now, it's just, of course you're going to be that, that way because that's what you are in the first place. So you will be holy because I am holy. You will be the thing you were created to be. So of course, Buzz is a toy. Now that he knows that already, what a great toy he's going to be. Your behavior follows your identity. It doesn't make you holy. It's the result of your holiness. 
And it's why Jesus prayed, not just for the disciples, but for all who belong to God. In John 17, verse 17, he said, make them holy by your truth, teach them your word, which is truth. In Hebrews 10, 10, he says, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. It's that work of God through Jesus that makes us holy. It, it transforms us, it cleanses us, and it restores us back to our true identity, what we were designed to be in the first place. So, if we are set apart, not being the ones who are set apart, Jesus has made that possible, and it's not our striving, it isn't doing that makes us holy. It's God's work that reveals us and reveals his holy name on you again. So, of course, you're going to be holy. So, God, um, if there's one thing for us to remember today, um, that's the thing I want you to remember, that holiness is about your being, not your doing. I remember in high school, my high school teacher, I don't know where he got this idea, but he came up with the, this man that he created, a character that he would say to help us to think about what we needed to remember from a lesson that we heard that day. He would say, the man in the long black trench coat walks up to you, and he asks you, science question. How long is there, how far from the sun to the earth or whatever? And we would know from that, from that um, teaching, that was the one thing we wanted to remember. So today, the man in the long black trench coat walks up to you after church and he asks you, thank you, 93 million miles. Um, he asks you, what can you learn from Pixar about holiness? And first of all, stranger danger. It's a little strange for someone to walk up to you and ask you that. But then you can say, holiness is about my being, not my doing. It's the one thing to remember today. Okay, we'll move on to number two. God uses us to call out the holiness of others. Remember back to Buzz Lightyear in that darkest moment. It was his friend Woody who helped him to come out of that difficult place. And it's our job, too, to call out the holiness in the world. Uh, see if we've... Um, the danger, I think the difficulty is that along with us expecting all the right behaviors in our own life, we also have carried that out into our world. And so we address behavior so often. We want to see so-and-so did this. Obviously, they're now condemned because of their behavior. Um, and I think that's not at all what we are meant to be doing. Instead, we are meant to be calling out the holiness of others. It's not about condemnation of behavior, but a recognition of value and of royalty it's not about changing what someone does, but calling them into what they already are. It's about joining with God's call and seeing the holy in each person and inviting them to allow Christ to restore them. We have an example of this from Scripture. Uh, this is uh, Peter in Acts 17. He's traveling and preaching, and he's in Athens. And he, it says he, he stood up um, and he, he announced, People of Athens... I see that in every way you are religious. You can go on. For I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship. I even found an altar with the inscription, To an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. And from there, Peter brings the truth about everything they are. I'm going to... I want this phrase to start to, to be something I use frequently. I just imagine like walking around, walking into Athens, and you start to look around, and, and you see Peter has God's vision, and he sees these are the ones that God made holy. He loves them. They're valuable. 
and he starts to see, like, they're even calling out for the thing that they are designed to be. They're trying to find this God who loves them. And this is the phrase, I see some holy on you. That's what I want to start saying. Like, hey, I see the name of God is written on you, and it doesn't matter how much you're trying, it doesn't matter how much you're denying and believing lies about who you are. At the end of the day, you're still trying to be the very thing that pumps through your veins. God's identity is still right there with you. Let me help you to understand what that means. Calling them into true life and true living. And then from that place, we start to be what we are already. We are holy children of the king, every human that we come in contact with. God uses us to call out the holiness of others. It's the kingdom of God expands as we who are God's chosen people. We see who we are and we move into that kingdom and what follows is more of the kingdom. The people that God is pursuing, the people who already bear the name and the mark of God, come to an understanding and realization of who they are. And of course, they begin to live holy lives too. And the kingdom of God expands all around our world. I think that's what we can learn from Pixar. Holiness is about your being, not your doing. God uses to call out the holiness of others. And I I think that this is a message that our world um, needs to hear uh, Terry and I were sharing, our, we had coffee as part of our life group on Friday, and um, Terry, I hope I don't get this wrong, there you are, um, but something about like talking with a patient and just saying, is it okay that we talked about this, and uh, her response was something like, um, yeah, no one has spoken to me like this before. I think it's true. It's, it's unfortunate that what, what's lacking is for us to communicate the heart of God and call people with that same heart into walking into their true identity. Um, That we need to go around from this place first recognizing we ourselves are valuable, we ourselves are holy, we ourselves are saved by Jesus, and from that place we move into the behavior that is in line as we are dripping with the stuff of God, and that we move around in our world and we spot there's holy on you, and we call people into being what they were designed, meant to be, already. So we're going to close and move into some of that. Uh, The team's going to come up, and what we do here at uh, Branches is we'll have a time of response, and this time of response is for everyone. Everyone. So it can be something related to this message. That's great. It can be something completely unrelated. If you need some healing and um, something physical or emotional, it's time for you to come up. We'll have the prayer team up there, up here. But I do want to call out some specific things that we can pray for um, today. The first thing I want to say is, if you are someone who is working and striving and believe that you have to achieve something in order to be valuable, in order to be loved by God, in order to be holiness, I want to encourage you to give that striving up today. That's not what you're here for. That's not where your value lies. Would you be willing? If you're in that place, our team will be up here. Pray with them to have, have, uh, be released from that, to find your true identity. And God, the team would love to talk to you about that. The second thing, I, th- I think if you are in, a, in that deep, painful place, for whatever reason, your world feels like it's been pulled out from under you and you just don't really know what it looks like to take another step, um, I want to encourage you to come up for prayer as well. 
And the last thing is uh, this related to this idea that God uses us to call out the holiness of others. Uh, ministry time is not just for people who are hurting today. Uh, church in general, this is a place for us to worship our God, to be refreshed and, and encouraged to go and do the work of the kingdom as we go. So if our job in doing that work is to call out the holiness of others, I'd like to encourage you, if you would be willing to say, God, I want to be a part of that work this week. I think you should come forward and receive prayer, asking God, would you give me a specific person? Would you give me a specific vision of of someone who needs to experience your love and find the truth of who they are in Jesus and that we commit and say, I'm going to go from this place and I'm looking forward to participate in the work of the kingdom this week. So that's definitely come forward for, for prayer and direction and that as well. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll have some music playing. You can come up during prayer or right after during the music. The team will be up here to receive you, to pray with you, and then we'll close in another song. Let's pray. God, we... um, I want to recognize right now how much holy is on this room, um, that each individual here is loved deeply by you, created specially by you that you say, this one belongs to me. So valuable that you came, you lived, you died, you rose again and said, yes, through me, these, these belong to me. Give us clarity to understand what it is to be your children. Give us strength to participate in your work and bring more truth to our world. I also want to recognize how much holy is on Warsaw, in Indiana, in the United States, in our entire world. This is all a world full of the ones you love. The ones you are calling, you are seeking. And if we have our eyes open, we can recognize that the people around us, they're living out your character in little bits and we can see, there it is. There is God's name written on that person. Let me help you to see who you are and move into that reality. Give us hearts for everyone that we come in contact with. Give us eyes to see what you see and give us strength to move in your kingdom. We desire to see you, God. Amen.